0: Greenie with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Good Friday to you and yours, Freddie Corman and Courtney Cronin. In for Mike Greenberg on Greenie on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, also on the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80, and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. 125,000 people were in attendance last night in Kansas City at Union Station for the first round of NFL Draft. Our man Mike Greenberg knocked it out all night long. Mel Kiper Jr., Lewis Riddick, and Booger McFarland, ESPN, and the usual host of this show joins us here on Greeny and ESPN Radio. And Greeny, what was it like, not only being on set in Kansas City, but seeing all those people, 125,000, being there for the first round of the NFL Draft?
1: It was incredibly loud. <laughs>
0: um,
1: this was my third year doing it, and. Everything was amped up. This is a fabulous city to have an event like this. Um, The level of excitement that is here is, I'm not going to say it's unmatched by anywhere I've I've ever been um, because I was at the draft in Nashville. I remember that was insane. Look, they've all been terrific. Taking this thing on the road is one of the many great ideas, genuinely great ideas the NFL has had in recent years. But there's no doubt that certainly amongst the three seasons that I've been right in the middle of it hosting the coverage last night was by far the loudest. Uh, People tell me that everything that Shefty said was fascinating. I have to take their word for it because I couldn't hear a word he said (laughs) when we talked to him. it It was really loud. The band was really loud. The fans were unbelievable, but it was a terrific night. And certainly all the flurry of trades at the beginning made it an incredibly exciting first hour.
2: Yeah, were you surprised that te- the Texans, I mean, putting all of the smoke screens out there that they were going to go defensive player at 2 but ending up staying with the quarterback mindset going to get CJ Stroud but then them tr- get trading back in to get Will Anderson at 3.
1: Yes, I was very surprised and it is yet another reminder of something I tell myself every year and then obviously forget, which is just ignore the stuff people say leading up to the draft. They're just lying to you mm-hmm. for reasons um, of their own necessity. or what, what, For whatever reason, they didn't want the world to know what they were going to do. Maybe they wanted to see what someone would be willing to trade up if, if they thought they were going to lose whatever it is they were going to lose. I have no idea what advantage it gave them not to let anybody know they were going to take C.J. Stroud. But like everyone, I was shocked. I will tell you guys now... That what we had been told to expect, what I I absolutely went in expecting last night, was that Bryce Young would go one, the Texans would take either Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, a defensive player, at two, and then Tennessee was poised to trade up to three with Arizona to take C.J. Stroud. And that went by the wayside, of course, when, when the Texans took Stroud. So what their reasoning was, I have no idea, but it is just another reminder, Courtney, We have to remember to just ignore the stuff that gets said leading up to the draft because they're all lying to
0: us. No doubt about that. Mike Greenberg, not only from Greeny on ESPN Radio, but also Get Up, NBA Countdown, and the NFL Draft on ESPN. By the way, draft coverage continues tonight on ESPN and ESPN Radio starting at 7 o'clock Eastern time, joining Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio. Then we get to the sad part of the draft last night, Greeny. Will Levis staying in there while everybody else kept getting drafted who was there or who was not there. What was it like to see that happening in real time as you're covering the draft on ESPN?
1: It's hard, you know, and and that's an image that we've all become accustomed to every few years. um, We see the player who falls, and it somehow seems particularly significant when it's a quarterback. Maybe that's because we've spent so much time in the last few months focusing in on the player. Um, You know, I, I, I think I told you guys this. Yesterday, But just randomly, when I was flying out here from New York on Tuesday, he was seated next to me on the plane. Hmm. Um, And I can tell you, just from the very limited uh, interaction that I had with him and his family, this came as an enormous surprise. I I think they were expecting not only to hear his name called last night, of course, but to hear it called very early. Um, And I don't know if what happened happened because of the way other things broke. I think it's possible that Indy might have taken him um, had Anthony Richardson not been available. I I, I think there was a—well, let me at least put it this way. I think he thought that. I think he thought he was going for to Indy. There was a moment in time when I think people thought the Colts were going to trade up to get him. So, yes, I was extremely surprised. Mel has been touting Levis. He's been Mel's QB1 Going back to the very beginning of this process. So for him still to be available as we go into day two is a a really big surprise. Now, it doesn't mean he can't and won't have an outstanding NFL career. But the answer to your question is yes. I was shocked. That, that he is still on the board.
2: So I handicap about four teams in the early part of round two. The Rams, the Raiders, the Titans, and even Seattle, with that pick that they have at 37, might be looking to get in on second-round quarterbacks. So with that said, like, where do you expect Will Levis and Hendon Hooker to go tonight?
1: Yeah, the, the big question to me is which one of them goes first. Um, right. There are a lot of people. Our, our mutual friend, Mr. Tannenbaum, loves Hendon Hooker and would have taken him already and would have taken him ahead of Anthony Richardson, who wound up being the fourth pick in the draft. So um, I, I'm curious to see uh, in what order they go and how quickly tonight. I expect them to go off the board. Boom, boom, very fast tonight. But then again, I expected that with Malik Willis last year as he went into day two, and he had to wait all the way into round three. So so the when is interesting the where i give up i mean <laughs> who in the world knows i you know seattle the, the places that make sense um with a guy like hooker are places that they don't need a quarterback immediately because i don't know that he'll be ready to play next year he certainly won't be ready to play early in the year he's going to be rehabbing the knee I, I think someone told me over dinner the other night that, that uh, thought he'd be able to start practicing around week eight which <laughs> means wow. You know, maybe maybe he could play a little bit at the end of the season, but he's not going anywhere where they need a quarterback to play immediately. He's, he's just not going to be healthy. Levis, uh, look, however ready you ever think he's going to be, he should be immediately. Um, so a team that wants a quarterback in there, like I, I thought Tampa might do something at 19 last night. And maybe they're a team that makes a move. But, but Courtney, I, I, this is a terrible answer to a question, but your guess is as good as mine. I, yeah. My guess is that we'll hear his name early tonight, but I have no idea where.
0: Mike Greenberg from NFL Draft Coverage on ESPN, and also don't forget the Draft Coverage on ESPN Radio tonight presented by Boost Mobile. Second and third round coverage begins at 6 p.m. Eastern time on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The Jets did not take an offensive lineman at 15. They took a pass rush from Iowa State at that number, um, Greeny. What did you think about that move? Now that the Jets have Aaron Rodgers, that did not go for offensive line help to protect him.
1: Well, they couldn't do it. And and look, here's what what I'm about to tell you is is just my guessing. I, I don't I don't know this to be true, um, but I think that the the there were three tackles, and I think the Jets probably would have taken any of the three. The swap from 13 to 15. The second that happened, I think I said on. On this show, um, on Monday, whatever day the trade happened, so Tuesday it would have been, um, that I was very afraid that swap was going to wind up costing them one of the three tackles, because you could see it coming a mile away. Mm -hmm. I would be very surprised now. They'll never admit this, but I would be very surprised if the Jets weren't trying to move up to make sure they got one of those tackles the way the Steelers ultimately did. But look what was in front of them. Green Bay, the Packers obviously weren't going to swap back with them again after that happened, or at least it would have been very complicated. And then the spot in front of them is Belichick. Do you think Belichick was going to trade with the Jets to make sure they got what they needed? Bill Belichick manages to stick it to the Jets once again, Um, and so he trades out of that spot so someone else can come up and take the tackle that everyone knew the Jets wanted. So look, uh, Will McDonald, the fourth, is a really good player. Uh, I thought that Nolan Smith would go ahead of him from Georgia. They do similar things. Uh, I think he'll be a good player, and the way Robert Sala likes to shuttle in pass rushers like every other snap, I I think he will be a good contributing player. But that does create a real hole. The the Jets, unless Makai Becton stays healthy, and I don't think that's something you can count on under any circumstances. You know, one of the most important positions on the field for the Jets is a major question mark, and I'm not sure how they go about filling it now. Um, there are players they can draft tonight, and and, and they probably will, um, but there were three guys in this draft that I they think were considered to be plug-and-play tackles, and they didn't get any of them, and I think that is a big disappointment no matter how they try to spin it after the fact.
2: Greenie, it was just over a month ago that Lamar posts on Twitter that he had requested a trade early in March. And now, as of yesterday afternoon, he's the highest paid player in the NFL history. He's got two new wide receivers at that, too. H- how did we get here? Because I wasn't I was kind of surprised that this didn't garner more buzz because it wasn't an inevitability that he was going to be back with the Ravens after all of the back and forth this offseason.
1: Yeah, life happens fast in the NFL. I mean, (laughs) uh, you're right, because, uh, you know, he he tweeted his goodbye, and and then then yesterday um, comes like a month later. Look, at the end of the day, this was what was always going to happen. Um, There are very few hard, fast rules in life, but one of them is the people who own NFL teams don't want to give guaranteed contracts to their players. And while I think that the whole system is completely unfair, I certainly understand why if you were sitting where they're sitting, you would want that to continue. So the idea that he was going to get Deshaun Watson's contract was just never going to happen. He wasn't going to get it in Baltimore and he wasn't going to get it anywhere else. And so the reality is once that set in, this was, I have to believe the best possible outcome. I mean, he, he got generational money on a team that clearly they love him I think he loves them. I think that the relationship between him and John Harbaugh is genuinely that good. Uh, I, I think that $185 million will, will make people feel better about, <laughs> will we'll, we'll assuage a lot of hurt feelings. Um, and yes, they go out and they draft a receiver last night that Mel has been touting from the very beginning. He was his wide receiver one going into the entire thing last night and, and they got OBJ. So look, if, if, if if Lamar Jackson was healthy last year at the end of the season, who knows where their season ends up. And if he is healthy at the end of next season, I think you would be, any of us would be foolish not to put them right amongst the teams that could wind up winning the entire thing. The AFC probably has six or seven of those and the Ravens are sort of forgotten, but they should not be. And Lamar Jackson is somewhat forgotten, but he should not be. When we talk about Mahomes and Allen, and and Burrow and now Aaron Rodgers and all the rest of the really good quarterbacks in the AFC, if you leave out Lamar Jackson, you're leaving out one of the most important
0: pieces. No doubt about that. Hey, Greeny, odds a pledge, my brother. Keep knocking it out. But at a certain point, you're going to get some rest. So you do that as best you can to take care of my man, all right?
1: All right. Thank you guys for doing this. I appreciate it. And let's see what happens tonight.
0: No doubt about that. Mike Greenberg, the usual host on Greeny on ESPN Radio, like we mentioned, part of NFL draft coverage that continues tonight on ESPN and ESPN Radio at 7 o'clock Eastern time. And as usual, Greeny was in the zone. The zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. With Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, in for Mike Greenberg on Greeny. The Houston Texans did something right. Twice. For the first time in God knows forever. We'll get to that next. You keep it here on ESPN Radio.
5: With the second pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans
1: select C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. In the AFC, you have
5: no shot without a guy that could be a top flight guy. This was an absolute no-brainer.
0: Words I thought I would never say in my lifetime. The Houston Texans were in the zone last night. In the zone brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone AutoZone. With Courtney Cronin, I'm Freddie Coleman. and for Mike Greenberg on Greeny on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Series so like some Channel 80. Tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. A lot of people loving the moves the Texas made, taking CJ Stroud at number two, and then trading up and getting Will Anderson at number three from Alabama. Let's bring in Jake Asman. Does a great job as a host on ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Hit him on Twitter at Jake Asman. That's A-S-M-A-N. He's here on Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Jake, I laid it out there. This may be the best moves the Houston Texans have made since they were twenty-four nothing in the second quarter versus Kansas City in that playoff game, and that was about five years ago. What are your thoughts on that?
6: I mean, this is a uh, this is a fan base that has had very little to cheer about. You have the Deshaun Watson scandal. You have obviously you mentioned the playoff debacle. That's really where the Texans, you know, fortune started to change for the worst. This team has had the worst record in football. Since 2020. So, you know, to go and be aggressive and get a quarterback at two, and that was a big debate going into the week. Would they actually take a quarterback? Would Dick Casario maybe bypass it at two and try and trade back up to get one or let the board play out and wait for someone at 12? So the fact that the Texans not only want CJ Stroud at two, who most people feel is either the best or certainly the second best quarterback prospect in this class, and then the aggressiveness of using the extra capital you've got from the watching trade to go get arguably the best defensive prospect of the draft at three and give D'Amico Ryan the defensive guy his version of what the Texans hope is Nick Bosa. This is the first time in years the Texans fan is optimistic. I haven't said the vast majority of Texans fans really support this movement. They're just excited to be relevant again. I mean, this has been a franchise that's been irrelevant for years, and you know, they're, they're you know one of the, the main talking points after night one of the draft.
2: Do you think they overpaid to move up to get back in the draft at number three and trade with Arizona? Because that's the 12th overall pick that they got from Cleveland and that Watson trade. So we knew they had extra draft capital. But they also gave up a 2024 first rounder as part of that package, the 33rd overall pick this year, and a 2024 fourth, third rounder. So I, I know Will Anderson is the top player in this draft class, but was that more than you expected them to give up to get him?
6: It certainly was, and you definitely could argue they overpaid. If you look at the draft charts, I mean, they completely overpaid. But if you look at it from this standpoint, if they love the player, and they, they, you know, internally, they they have told me, they're just talking with some people over there. Like, they they view Will Anderson as, like, a future all pro. like they think he could win defensive rookie of the year right away. So, yeah, they, they paid a premium, there's no doubt. I think it really comes down to, you know, do you believe in the guy? They do. And what type of player will he become? If, you know, if D'Amico Ryan could get the best out of him and you know could turn him into a cornerstone on defense that this team has not had since J.J. Watt left, uh, then I think you could argue, hey, it was worth it. But it's going to come down to, you know, just how good Will Anderson ends up being.
0: Jake Asman from ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Hit him on Twitter. Jake Asman joining Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin on Greeny on ESPN Radio. By the way, he's host of The Wheelhouse weekdays on ESPN 97.5 in Houston from 3 to 7 p.m. Central Time. With all this going with C.J. Stroud, they still have guy playing quarterback that still believes he can beat a guy in Davis Mills. How long do you think they're gonna give CJ Stroud to have a chance to move into that spot because now this is going to be his job
6: maybe sooner than later, Jake? I'm not even sure Davis Mills is definitely gonna be on the team. You know, they went out there and they added, you know, uh, Case Keenum in free agency, the guy who's played in multiple systems. He's a guy that, you know, has been to the playoffs as a starting quarterback. He's kind of that better that inventor. So yeah, there was some talk. I know uh, my colleague John McClain, you know, formerly of the Houston Chronicle mentioned that perhaps Davis Mills could be traded to a team that's looking for a backup, give him a fresh start. But uh, I'm not convinced Davis Mills is definitely going to be on this team. And if he is, he he might end up being the third quarterback because Hmm. a push comes to shove. I'd be really surprised if C.J. Stroud is not the week one starter.
2: Jake, there were a lot of rumors dating back to two weeks ago and then, of course, this week with the S2 cognition test and and maybe a team throwing that out there to try to get C.J. Stroud to fall. But in the end, the the Texans end up taking a quarterback at two like we thought they were going to all along, but there was some conjecture that they were going to pass over a quarterback altogether. Like, Do you think those rumors were all smoke and mirrors, or was there actual consideration at some point that they would not end up taking a quarterback?
6: depending on who you talk to, you, you hear different things. You know, the, the Texans are going to tell you they love C.J. Stroud all along. I, I'm not convinced of that. You know, I, I happen to believe that – I don't know if Cal McNair or Hannah McNair, the owners of the team, said, hey, you know, Nick Casario, you need to take a quarterback. But I do think you know th- that's what they preferred. They wanted a face of the franchise. And, you know, there was a lot of talk as well about you know, C.J. Stroud being represented by David Mulligetta of Athletes First. He's Deshaun Watson's agent and how big of a factor that would be. But you know, when push comes to shove, based on everything – you know, the Texans have at least said publicly, it does sound like they love the player in C.J. Stroud, and, you know, he's their guy, and they expect to be an improved team next year. Like, there's no guarantee the Houston Texans are going to be picking at the top of the draft, and they're going to be in position to take Caleb Williams or Drake May. So, you know, you have a rare opportunity picking second to get a quarterback, and I think ultimately they came to their senses and just realized, hey, maybe he's not Bryce Young, but he's the guy that we think we could build around and win with, and they got their guy at the end of the day. Uh,
0: real quick, Jake, how long do you think Nick Cazario is going to be there in charge of this team as a general manager?
6: Freddie, that he would leave after the draft and he had to come out and actually address that and that that wasn't true. I mean, this is the guy that originally was hired inside a six-year contract. Now, he's on his third head coach in three years. You could argue that, you know, the the situation he inherited was a mess, there's no doubt, but, you know, part of that was some of the decisions that he has made, but he seemingly got it right with D'Amico Ryans. You know, all five teams with an opening wanted to talk to D'Amico. Only Denver and Houston got a chance to, and the Texans, you know, D'Amico said was his dream job, so they hired him. They seem to be aligned right now, and you know, Nick Casario has said he's not leaving. You know, he quoted you know, Leonardo DiCaprio in the Wolf of Wall Street at his press conference last week. So I think he's here for the foreseeable future, unless you know, you know this, guys. Like, if CJ Shroud ends up being a bust, that ultimately will cost the general manager his job, especially one that's been here now for several years and is on his third different head coach.
2: Well, we also know that Jordan Balfour got got, so I don't know if that was the best (laughs) analogy that he made when he was quoting Wolf of Wall Street. But talk to me about the power struggle here, or the power dynamic, rather, between D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario. Does does D'Amico Ryans have final say on these roster decisions? How does that work now knowing that – he is the third head coach that Nick Casario's on. Like, is Nick Casario making all of these roster decisions, or does D'Amico have more influence than maybe other head coaches in Houston under Casario did not?
6: Nick Casario's contract states that he has final say on all player personnel decisions, but I think we'd be naive to sit here and say that D'Amico Ryan doesn't have heavily influence in what the Texans are going to do. I mean, they're not going to fire him after one year. And the fan base, I mean, they love D'Amico as a player – he was the guy this fan base desperately wanted this team to hire. So, you know, we debated this on the wheelhouse, you know, here on ESPN in Houston. Therefore, a lot leading up to this. Like if it came down to it, Nick Casario says, I don't want a quarterback, and Demico's like, I want a quarterback, you know, who'd win that struggle? I think despite the fact Casario's contract says he should, I think Cal Mcterre would say, You're overruled, we're going with what D'Amico wants because he kinda has, you know, the 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 power of the of the fan base, you know, behind him. He's got that support right now.
0: Always great to talk to Jake Asman. Does a great job. ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Hosts the Wheelhouse weekdays, 3 to 7 p.m. Central Time on that station. And then he goes on YouTube covering his favorite team and my favorite team, the New York Jets, on the Jake Asman Show on YouTube. Always great to catch you with him here on the Greeny Show. In for Mike Greenberg, Courtney Cronin, and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. Jake, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much, and you take care.
6: Great to talk to you guys. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Outstanding Thanks, stuff. By the way, the best teams
0: start with great talent when it comes to hiring. Zip Recruiter can help you find the right candidates for your team fast. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now, Courtney's going to tell you who are the real winners from round one of last night's NFL draft. Plus, the late, great Bernie Mac always said, Who you with? But we'll do who you got. Greenie the podcast. Previously on Greenie,
3: no man looks good in briefs. Zero, none. That's true. not true. Yes, it is. It is yes, not. So true. Name a man who looks good in briefs. I look good in briefs. No, you don't. Yes, I, I do. You I think you do. No, but you don't. I look good in briefs. Get I wear Lizzie briefs as phone. well. You Damn. wear briefs? Yes. It's a terrible decision. They're comfortable. No, they're not comfortable. <laughs> and I bet Cam looks good in
0: briefs too. Thank you,
3: Hembo. I guarantee you, my Cam colleague, my Cam good tem- friend, tem- Hembo. Here, take your pants off right now. <laughs>
0: This is Greeny. Boxer briefs, yes. Total briefs, no. This public service message is part of the weekly rewind. Brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at eight seven seven. Ask Dell. Thanks for joining me, Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin on Greeny on ESPN radio, the ESPN app six X and channel 80 tune in. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio presented by progressive insurance.
5: The list is what determines who matters in this business.
0: The green list. All right, Courtney Cronin, it's time for you to give the top five winners. And by the way, anytime you want, you can make sure that you can add her at ESPN, at Courtney our ESPN, to make sure that she understands exactly where you're coming from. So we've done it. It's time to get it going. Let's make it happen. Number five.
2: Number five for me is the Indianapolis Colts. I love that they didn't overthink this. Anthony Richardson is sitting there. They go, they get their quarterback of the future, and we've heard all of the talk about Shane Steichen, where he came from, the Philadelphia Eagles, the similarities that he sees between Anthony Richardson as a prospect and what they built with Jalen Hurts. This was a no-brainer move. They didn't have to trade up to go get their guy. He was there for them at four, and now they have their quarterback of the future. I love this for Indy.
0: Number four.
2: Baltimore. Freddie, can you tell me how much... Better, How much better Lamar Jackson's day got Ooh. when he gets his bag, Mm-hmm. Ravens flock, we're going to flock for the next five years, whatever he did in that video at the football, I thought it was cute, but then <laughs> he finds out that Dave Flowers is coming to Baltimore, yes, they spend a first-round pick on a wide receiver, they get involved in the run in the early 20s, and they've got somebody who can stretch the field for him, which... They didn't really have the last couple of years. I think this was an incredibly smart pickup for the Ravens. Pairing Zay Flowers now with Nelson Aguilar and Odell Beckham Jr. It's great for Lamar Jackson. You have all your tools. Now go make something happen with the massive contract that they gave you and get this team further in the playoffs.
0: Number three.
2: John Schneider in Seattle. I felt for them momentarily when Anthony Richardson was not there at five. I'm sure they were crushed. Jalen Carter was on the board. If there's any general manager outside of Howie Roseman, and I'll get to him in a little bit, that could have taken a flyer on a prospect like that, it's Jay- it's John Schneider. He has the pedigree. He probably could have brought him into a situation to insulate him. Instead, they go Devin Witherspoon, top cornerback in the draft. It was a smart pick. You now are able to pair him in your backfield. And I think for a defense that you know, needed to shore up that spot. Like, they crushed the first round. They didn't squander that pick. They pair, They now pair him with Tariq Wulin. And then on top of that, their second first-round pick later in the draft at number 20, they went with Jackson Smith and Jigba. That gives them, you know, the best wide receiver trio potentially in the nfl tyler lockett dk metcalf and i just think that they did great on round one with their first two first two first round picks
0: yeah the days of missing russell wilson are definitely long gone for the seattle when it comes to that team and not even thinking about that because he's in a difficult situation denver and they seem to have moved on quite nicely without Russell Wilson being part of the Seattle Seahawks. Courtney's winners when it comes to last night's NFL draft first round here on Greeny with Mike Greenberg and ESPN Radio. I'm Freddie Coleman. Don't forget the 2023 NFL Draft on ESPN Radio, presented by Boost Mobile. The rounds four through seven begins tomorrow at noon Eastern time on most ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Number two.
2: It's amazing what happens when you. Don't do what everybody thinks you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And all the smokescreens that were out there, I've got to give the Houston Texans a lot of credit. They kept their mouths shut. No one knew that they were going to trade back into the draft at number three to get Will Anderson Jr. Maybe they overpaid a little bit, but they seemed to be really high on, I don't know, the best defensive player in the draft. It was a smart pick. But obviously, before that, C.J. Stroud going to Houston – a no-brainer. It should have been a no-brainer all along. Bad day for anybody who thinks that the Manning Passing Academy and him not going to that was going to determine whether he fell in the draft. I like it for Houston. I like it for Nick Casario. I like that this organization, which has repeatedly stepped in it and gotten in their own way again and again and again, finally feels like they made smart moves. Something that you don't often say about the Houston Texans.
0: One thing I will say about this with Nick Casario is that if he's going to be bounced out of Houston, it's a perfect way to go to his next job and say, hey, before I left, look what I was able to do. We were able to draft C.J. Stroud. They got a quarterback for the future, and then we were able to trade back up and get a guy that we probably wanted to take at number two in Will Anderson, but we got at number three. Whenever, not it, but when, whenever Nick Casario is told to, to be shown the door, at least he has this to take with him to say, I can do a really good job evaluating talent and making sure we're in the right spot in the right places to get that talent. And Number, I'm
2: oh, sorry. And any of the belief that they had on, well, like you know, we what was the conjecture that was out there? Well, D'Amico mm-hmm. Ryan's wants to get his version Absolutely. of Nick Bosa. He was still able to do that and get a quarterback in the process. All that draft capital that they got in the Deshaun Watson trade was put to good use on Thursday.
0: Number one,
2: Howie Roseman's playing 3D chess. Everybody else is playing checkers. (laughs) I I firmly believe that. He didn't overcomplicate this draft process, and he hasn't in years past. I said this on TV the other day. They are a team that's built from the inside out. Don't be surprised if they jump into where, you know, below the top nine to get Jalen Carter, and that's exactly what they did. Few teams have the insulation for a prospect who has boom or bust tendencies attached to him, some of the character concerns, the red flags. He goes to a place where he's got three former teammates around him on defense. The 2021 iteration of the Georgia Bulldogs, considered one of the best defenses in college football of all time. Well, the Eagles are trying to like recreate that at the NFL level and bringing all of those players to one of the best defenses of the past five years. And trading up to get Jalen Carter, only giving a fourth round Pick in 2024 in the process to do so. And then when you have Nolan Smith fall into your lap at 30 Freddie, yeah. it's a no brainer. So Carter and Smith, they join Jordan Davis, Nicole B. Dean from last year's draft. I love this for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it was a smart move because after letting Hargraves go in free agency, go signs a big deal with San Francisco 49ers, and knowing that eventually you're going to have to figure out what happens mm-hmm. with life post Fletcher Cox and post Brandon Graham good place to start doing that is by getting those impact players in the first round
0: it's a smart move by the eagles but as a dallas cowboys fan i'm glad they did not take b john robinson because i did not want that guy in my division versus my team terrorizing my cowboys for the next eight to ten years it's easy to block those guys it's not going to be hard to do that it's going to be a lot easier than deal with a running back that can help out jalen hurts that's the last thing i wanted to see as a Dallas Cowboys fan. When it comes to scoring great hires for your business, you may be up against a few obstacles, especially right now. That's why you need ZipRecruiter on your team. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology hustles for you to find people with the right skills and experience for your job and advice them to apply. In fact, four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So win the hiring game with ZipRecruiter. To try ZipRecruiter for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash That's ZipRecruiter.com slash ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision.
2: Say it! Say it! All
0: right, I'll say it. Who you got? We find out right now who we have right here on Greenie on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin, Freddie, coming in for Greenbird today. And we got Bubba doing his thing but he throws it at us. And we'll tell you who you got right now to kick off your weekend.
5: All right. I believe this is uh, your debut here on Who You Got, Freddie. So yes, it is. I hope you're ready. I am not, but go on. All right. We're going to start with a couple of games in the NBA tonight. We got Kings yeah. at Warriors, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Golden State minus minus seven and a half. Who you got here?
0: I got Golden State winning, but it's not going to be by seven and a half points because this Sacramento Kings team is going to battle and the Sacramento is going to find a way to win a game seven. They've got to get more out of DeMontis Sabonis because he has been leveled up by Kayvon Looney in this series. I know that De'Aaron Fox is going to play well. I got Golden State closing it out, but it's not going to be by seven and a half.
2: I don't have them winning by 7.5, but I have the Warriors closing this out at home after winning a road playoff game, something they have done. I don't know however many consecutive series it's been. I don't have the stat in front of me, but it's really high. So they continue on into the second round of the playoffs. I think they're going to face the Lakers.
5: All right. In the nightcap, we got Grizzlies and the Lakers. 1030 on ESPN as well. Los Angeles, minus 4.5. Who you got here?
2: I have the Lakers. They Uh will be facing the Golden State Warriors in the second round. They can't afford, Freddie, for this thing to go back to Memphis Mm -hmm. for a Game 7 with as fatigued as LeBron James looked in Game 5, and you and I talked about it, what he characterized his game as was a disservice to what he characterized his game as in Game 5. They close it out at home, and they go on to the second round.
0: Oh, they're going to Game 7. Okay. Grizzlies winning tonight. I think the Grizzlies get out there. The more they shut up, the more they play better. They're going to shut up and put up. There'll be a Game 7. Memphis is going to win tonight. I think Memphis wins Game 7. I think if they win tonight, whoever wins Game 6, Lakers win, of course, they win the series. That's not new new news here. But if Memphis wins Game 6, they're going to win Game 7 when they play in Memphis on
5: Sunday. All right, to baseball, We're all season long the childish Braves have been celebrating their home runs with an oversized <laughs> hat in the dugout, but New Era complained, and uh-huh. now they aren't allowed to do it. So who you got on this? Whose side are you on, the Braves or New Era? Who you got?
0: I hate to be this guy because both Brendan and I, Bubba and I, are, are hardcore New York Mets fans, but what's the harm in the big old hat? I'm good with it. You have those kind of celebrations. Don't we want baseball to be more fun? And now you have this, and now you're trying to take the fun out of it. I'm on the side, Courtney and Bubba, the Atlanta Braves more than Major League Baseball. I
2: loved when the Washington Commanders did this. Brian Robinson, their running back last year, I don't mm-hmm. know if it was a friend of his, the whole, the brand, uh, more than sports, I believe is what it's called, Like of these big hats. That's what started the trend. I thought they were goofy looking, but I thought they were funny. I don't understand why Major League Baseball has to take the fun out of something a team's doing.
5: Reminds me of the uh, Celebrity Jeopardy with uh, Burt Reynolds. (laughs) Oversized hat. It's funny.
2: I forgot about that. That's right.
0: Good call.
5: 30 years ago Wednesday, Conan O'Brien replaced David Letterman on NBC's Late Night. Who you got as your favorite all-time late-night talk show host? Ooh. I I need some time. Ladies first. Jay Leno? Okay.
2: I I never stayed up much to watch late-night TV, and I still don't, but- I think in our household, when it was on, it was Jay Leno.
0: Okay. For me, it's Dave Letterman. A close second, Arsenio Hall. Because he really changed the game when it came to late night TV, where a lot of acts that would not have gotten on Johnny Carson or Dave Letterman, and then when Jay Leno replaced him, he had him on his show. So I'll give Arsenio Hall a close second, that kind of love, because he changed the game when it came to late night TV.
5: Today is National Superhero Day. Who you got as your favorite superhero?
0: Spider-Man, the best trash talking is, don't care about your feeling is, I'm going to whip you behind and type in webist superhero ever. It's Spider-Man. That, that's, that's mine. Right
2: there. I hate to be the negative Nancy on this show, but I'm not a Marvel or a DC person. Oh, I
0: knew boo. this was coming. Boo. I think I've actually boo. talked about this on Greedy before. definitely Tommy, talked about this before. Pinko, Pinko, I'm sorry. Oh un-American, boo.
2: Can I say Wonder Woman? Sure. Just because I think it fits the brand, so sure. to speak. I don't know what she does, but she seems awesome. So she's, I'll say Wonder Woman.
0: She's wonderful. Yeah, one of my first crushes, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman.
5: All right, last one. Eighty-three years ago Tuesday, Al Pacino was born. Who you got as your favorite Al Pacino movie? Oh my God,
0: there's so many to choose from. The obvious answer is The Godfather, but for me, A Sin of a Woman. That's my favorite Al Pacino Scarface. movie. Scarface. Nah, it's to me Scarface overrated. I I think that's the most overrated I'm a gangster the picture ever. Big fan. Yeah, I'll take some Wasn't of
2: woman. he in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
0: Oh, the Brad Pitt movie yes. with so, Quentin Tarantino? He was, yes, he was. I think he was. That was a violent yeah, movie. Was, that's was, my right.
2: lasting impur- yeah. impression a of that. Tarantino
0: the- movie violent? Who knew? I
2: know, right? I wasn't expecting it. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I need to like restate my sarcasm on the show because apparently my meter yeah. is not ticking yeah. high enough today. You better make sure. That's, your the, ha- that's yeah. the last yeah. Al Pacino movie I've seen.
0: Yeah. You better make sure Guys doesn't come at you on social media good
2: again. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good weekend. <laughs> yes.
0: And she means that sarcastically, Guys.
2: No, I mean, I really. I mean, I hope, you're t- I hope all the Hawkeyes go in round two.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. i so couple I'm of cats them over. in round one, so yeah.
2: good for them.
0: Hey, Iowa's got a pretty good program. They keep trying, they turning out those NFL I players. I love the Lucas yeah. Van Ness
2: pick. Yeah,
0: so do I. I think that's a really, really, really good pick. Courtney, as always, my friend, this was fun. Can't wait to see you on TV once again. We'll knock it out again soon, okay?
2: Sounds great. Thanks, everybody.
0: Absolutely. Fitz and Harry comes your way next about the first round of the NFL draft and the apology to Janet Jackson, courtesy of a Boston Celtics player. This has Greeny on the mighty ESPN Radio.